Here they come! Hello and welcome to episode 83 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host Eric Moore and today I'm joined by Mark McGee to discuss the reliant opening fire in Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. Greetings exalted one. Are we, are we doing this the whole piece or just up to it- where... Uh, uh, up until uh, Khan reveals himself, so to speak. Right. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) All right. You can't say that's it now. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's get going before I disappear into a jury wreck. All right. (laughs) All right then, Mark. Uh, Hello, Mark. Hello, Eric. Hello. Welcome along to this Star Trek episode. Um, you are a Star- I know Star Trek. I, well, I, I was just about to say, you know, you're, you're a Star Trek fan, but this is the first time you and I have ever, ever spoken about it on this show. Yeah, I'm, I'm a weird Star Trek fan in that I watch pretty much anything to do with it, but I only like certain stuff about it. I can get a bit nerdy about it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I, will, I, I watched Enterprise. <laughs> you know, I'm quite... <laughs> I'm proud of myself. I watched the whole thing. I even watched Discovery. Well, I'm, I'm proud of you for but watching them. But there are still. <laughs> I slogged through, just in case some Star Trek came out of it. But uh, <laughs> that's a discussion for another day. I know. Yeah, well, I, I, I'll, I'll just fling back at you. I don't like any of the uh, derivative shows. I, I that They just weren't Star Trek for me. I think it was because I was so young when the first original series was out. That is Star Trek. For me, you know. Yeah, uh, I I actually have to admit I had a really hard time getting into the original series when I was young because obviously, what well, it was reruns. Um, by the time I got to see it, so it'd been around for a while anyway. Uh, it was always sort of, I don't know, was it BBC Two used to play it? Yeah, BBC always BBC or Two. Something like that. I, I, yeah, I, I thought it was. I'm sure it was BBC. I don't remember adverts. In it. I mean, this would have been the sort of mid to late 70s. So I was probably, I think I got more into it when the first film came out. Because I really enjoyed the first film. Yeah, yeah. again, you're a bit odd in that way as well, aren't you? Yes, I, I, I love it. But then I was at the right age of just soaking up anything sci-fi. Right. So, you know. Uh, I watched. <laughs> I say it's not my favourite <laughs> of the lot now, but. Uh, well, my yeah. question was for you. Um, where does this one? Where does Star Trek Two fit in the list of your uh, favourite films? Is it because it, it for a lot of people it's their favourite, isn't it? It's my favourite of all the Trek films. Yeah. Right. Uh, for for all the reasons that probably everybody else says, it was just so sort of character driven. You know, it picked up on stuff that was in the series and it played it off. Um, and 
I don't know. And I'm a massive fan of this era's uh, aesthetic as well, particularly the uniforms as they started in this particular film. You know, just the look and feel of it. it I know there were some things about it being too naval. but Well, I thought we would do some naval gazing shortly because, uh-huh. yes, yeah, that, that, that is a word you can use an awful lot in this. But no, the uniforms there, I mean, <laughs> anything's an improvement over the pyjamas that we had in motion picture, wasn't it? <laughs> yes <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah i must say it's not my favorite my favorite is three um i, I really like yeah. two but i like three because number one you've got christopher lloyd in it and number two you've got klingons in it so yeah yeah i i, I do it, it's close but i prefer three over two yeah my, my one the one after this being my my favorite six which is the undiscovered country, which I felt was a much better Klingon film. Yeah, yeah, I, that, that, that's a film I keep I keep meaning to go out and buy. It's the one I've only got um, two, three, and four um, on Blu-ray. I, I, I must go out and get that sometime. Yeah, I have to admit, I, I quite often fast forward that one to the point where the Chronos uh, One mm. swings swings into view. And it was just plays the Klingon theme, and it's just a brilliant version of of the battle cruiser. Yeah. So, so that's my favourite favourite version of the battle cruiser. That so oh. you're, you're you're getting me all enthused about going out and get it. I think after this, I might go on Amazon <laughs> and order it. <laughs> yeah, find yeah find it somewhere to watch. Yeah, um, that, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I do, I do like this film, though. That word, naval, I like the way that it is a naval film, isn't it? I mean, this could easily yes. be something at the Battle of Trafalgar or something, where you've got two ships, the captains never, ever meet, yeah. and everything is yeah. firing across the bows, isn't it? Yeah, and again, it's it's part of this harking back to some of the stronger episodes in the series, because it's, it's very similar to, um, is it, what's the... First one where they stand off against uh, Romulan. Um, oh, balance of Warford. balance of terror. Balance of terror. There balance, you go. Yeah, yeah. Because again, it's very harkens to the submarine combat, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and hmm, uh, yeah, yes. I, I, I was um, for researching this. I put my Blu-ray on and I was listening to the audio commentary. And yeah. Uh, Nicholas Meyer, the director, is a big fan of like the Hornblower films, and he—that's uh, what drew yes. him to this project. Is it is uh, a navy battle in space? Yeah, and and you can tell that by some of the little things that they have sort of dotted throughout the thing, like the like the bell. There's the bell. bell. I'll uh, tell you the, what the I hate. Blowing. I hate yeah. and and. At lunchtime today, you know, I've, I, I'd already made my notes for this and everything, and I thought, I'll watch it one more time, but I can't write and eat my sandwich at the same time. So I started <laughs> the film first, okay? And I thought, by the time I've eaten my sandwich, we'll be up to... I can then find the scene. And i tell you what I hated about about this is when uh, Kirk and co, they come aboard the Enterprise in Space Dock, and you've got this 23rd century version of the whistle that girl blows the whistle and it's some sort of grey box with lights on it. I hate anything science fiction like that where it's just oh, it's just so silly and rubbish. Yeah, I mean, you could, again, this harks back to that idea of they wanted a more sort of naval naval feel to it. But um, like you say, they could have chosen a different prop it's at least. It's crap. It looks <laughs> terrible. It really does. 
Yeah. Uh, it's it's almost uh, Phantom Menace Jedi communicator level of the, oh, amusing oh, props, oh, isn't it? Oh, oh, <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Well, that's. Anyway. I I think that's us ready for the clip. You ready for the clip? Oh yes, go for it. Let's go for the clip. Slow to one half impulse power. Let's be friends. Slowing to one half impulse power. Rely on in our section, this quadrant, and slow. Sir, may I quote General Order 12 on the approach of any vessel when communications have not been established? Lieutenant, the Admiral is well aware of the regulations. I see. Is it possible the comm system has failed? It would explain a great many things. They're requesting communication, sir. Let them meet static. They're still running with shields down. Of course. We are one big happy fleet. Ah, Kirk, my old friend. Do you know the Klingon proverb that tells us revenge is a dish that is best served cold? It is very cold in space. This is damn peculiar. Yellow alert. Energized defense fields. I'm getting a voice message. They say their chambers coil is overloading their comm system. Spock. Scanning. Then coil emissions are normal. They still haven't raised their shields. Raise ours. Their shields are going up. Lock faces and ties. Locking phases on target. They're locking phases. Ray shields. Fire! At the start of our sequence, Khan has already taken control of the USS Reliant and has entered the sector the Enterprise is going through. Um, there's no response to communications, and our f- first shot in this sequence we're talking about tonight is accompanied by that blaring music. Um, every yeah. time in this sequence, whenever we go outside into space, James Horner is is playing that blaring bit of music every time, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> and did you recognise it did, from something else? No. Ah. No. Should I have done? Yeah, J- James Horner had a bit of a reputation of reusing his music. Okay. okay? And you know this bit in a something else. You, you know the way where it goes, like that, right? That yes. he reused in Aliens when Ripley is in the APC and she's chugging Ooh. down that, that, that corridor trying to rescue the Colonial Marines. That's this bit of music. He reused it in Aliens. <sighs> Right, you know that's gonna. That means I've got to go and watch Aliens again, isn't it? What a shame! <laughs> you watch Aliens, I go out and buy Star Trek Six. That's there a you fair go. trade-off. Yeah, it's yeah, a trade-off. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and Khan, he's on the bridge with his acolytes. I don't like the acolytes. Yeah. I've never liked the acolytes. They scream 1980s to me. Um, Nicholas <laughs> Meyer said the design of their outfits was uh, biker gang. 
but they're not. <laughs> they're, they're, they're some sort of like poodle rock outfits, aren't they? Some soft metal, terrible outfits with terrible hair. They've been thrown out of the Warriors, haven't they? Uh, but it's not the Warriors because, like, yeah, 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 you know, those outfits, it's like Thunderdome style outfits. Yeah. You know, they've got a little bit of, yeah, you know, mud, uh, yeah, you know, smeared on their face. But the, the women have got these, like, coiffured hair, you know, and yeah. they've all got brilliant teeth. They're meant to be battle hardened warriors that have been living on, you know, SETI Alpha, whatever it is, you know, and, um, but they look like they've just come from, you know, um, the parlor or something well they are they are genetically engineered super people their teeth definitely are and their yeah. hair definitely is that, that was part of uh, of the outcome of project chrysalis you know mm. we're talking What's special that? effects that was, here that was in the notes <laughs> we're talking special effects yeah. i do you believe that that is ricardo's real chest well i don't know i am certain there is a scene somewhere where the whole chest moves. Um, allegedly, I, I watched a, again. I actually did some prep for this. It's shock. Lord. <laughs> I, I watched a, a sort of like a behind-the-scenes bit, and they they did reckon in that documentary that the rationale behind having the open chest was to show off hmm. Ricardo Monteblan's chest. So they're claiming it's real. Um, where do you sit in this camera? I don't know. I've, I've seen that, that, oh, yes, he, he just like, you know, working out and he was very fit, um, you know, and, and therefore his outfit was created to show off his pecs. But I don't know. It's funny, you know, in this show, the way you start looking more closely at things than you're meant to be. And it looks brilliant on yeah. Blu-ray. And I was studying it and studying it. It's like, if that is a prosthetic, <laughs> it's a very good prosthetic. <laughs> And what are you doing tonight, dear? I'm deeply studying Ricardo Monteplan's chest. You don't see his nipples, though, and I think that might that might actually be a giveaway to, to, to it being fake. In that, yes, you can have a bit of fleshy, you know, whatever. But it, yeah, if you see the nipples, then maybe that might blow it and show that it is fake. I don't ah, know. Well, I don't know. Perhaps they're just not allowed to show nipples in Star Trek. Who I like the idea that he was a bit of Monteplan side. side. Yeah. I like the idea that he was like some, some you know, 10-stone weakling underneath all that. You know, he's, <laughs> you've got his regular head on top, but he's emaciated underneath. Yeah. Mm. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, it, it, who knows? You know, what, what a lot of people say one thing, what some say the other. Unless there is a direct call. Unless you're listening, Mr. Monteblanc. Yeah. Or anybody out there on Facebook, if you can let us know, or, or, or what would even be better is a behind-the-scenes photo of either his nipples or having the chest piece <laughs> being attached, you know? The hunt for Ricardo's nips. Do you real. think it, 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 it something as, whether it's fake or not, it's him trying to outdo old William Shantner? Do you think that's what it is? Because I was, I was just watching um, uh, a, a Star Trek Tonight... It was on the horror channel, and yeah, it was season three, so it is pretty horrific. That's why it was on. Um, and yeah, Kirk's got his top off, and he—he—he's—he's he's far flabbier, <laughs> far flabbier than uh, Ricardo here. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, anyone who's watched Galaxy Quest knows that joke. It's very hard for him to keep his shirt on <laughs> in away missions. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether it's just the case to showcase he is a genetically engineered Superman. I don't. You know, just re just try to reinforce that because 
for, for story reason. Or like you say, it's 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 that idea of two seasoned sort of leaders facing off against each other. With, with, with artificial bits. I mean, if Who that knows? is an artificial chest, yes. you've got him with his fake chest and you've got Kirk with his fake hair. Absolutely. <laughs> See that fight. Mind you, mind you, that's not Ricardo's real hair either, is it? I mean, that's a wig. That is a wig. He, he didn't grow his hair, and that's not his real hair. No, it's not, because um, I do know one of the reasons they record behind the fact that they never physically meet is because he had quite a tense field schedule for, um, what's it what's Fantasy it called? Island. That's the fellow, yes. Yeah. And he's not got that hair in Fantasy Island, has no. he? <laughs> that, 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 that would have been something. If, it, if he had forgotten to take his wig off when he went in to go filming the next day or something. <laughs> and someone just behind going, come Yes. <laughs> All right, well, come get, 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 yeah, get, yeah. I don't know if... Right, just, the scene just before that, I thought, was uh, a quite a nice sort of visual effect of the, the approach of the Reliant. Mm-hmm. But the way the camera is moving and towards the bridge, and then it fades into them on the bridge. Yes, I thought that was quite nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that was all I wanted to say. All right. <laughs> all right. No I, other I, I was waiting. I was waiting for something insight, <laughs> insightful and interesting. Then, and I didn't get it, did I? No. Uh, it wasn't oh, worth the wait. All right, okay. Um, yeah, so they, there they are. They're on the bridge. And, of course, you know, this was a, a money-saving device to have the bridge exactly to reuse the Enterprise bridge set. They've just changed the colour of the seats and some things like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and, again, you can get away with that in law, can't you, because they're, they're modular bridges and, you know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. similar similar size and all this other stuff that goes with it. Yeah, well, Khan, he, he says to slow to half impulse power and then back over on the Enterprise, you know, we, we haven't mentioned her, but we've got Lieutenant Savick um, here. Uh, I like this Lieutenant Savick. I like Kirstie Alley. And uh, it, it, it was such a shame when she didn't come back for yeah. the next one. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And again, that's the reason why you don't have Savick in the... Uh, in number six mm. because they wanted to um, have Savic back mm. but um, was it Kim Cottrell Kim Cottrell played, yeah. Her, yeah. played uh, Valeris um, she refused to be the third person to play the same character so they basically made a new character for her as far as I can remember it's such a shame I, I, I thought she was excellent I thought she she was really good yeah, at yeah. playing the you know the emotionless Vulcan yeah, and she looked Vulcan. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, her features yes. were very striking and it really suited her. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I agree with you, you know, um, a much better Savic than the one that followed. Indeed, yes. All right, but she tries to tell Kirk the whole regulations thing and is shut down by Spock. And, uh, yeah. and Kirk thinks that the Reliance comms might have failed. And. On the other bridge, you've got Khan's saying for them to eat static. And then he comes out with this much-repeated Klingon pro- proverb about <laughs> revenge. Well, I'm not going to say it. I mean, if, if you're listening to this, you're a Star Trek fan, you know what yeah. he's going to say about revenge and everything. But Ricardo, he's really chewing the scenery here. He's loving this, isn't he? 
Oh, absolutely. This whole, ha I'm getting the upper hand on you. Yeah. Yes. He's lapping oh, yes, it. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, yes. And, and, and I like, I like this scene because Kirk is unsure all the way through. This is, this, mm. he's out of his comfort zone. He's, he's on the bridge of his ship, you know, but it, like he says, this is damn peculiar, and you've got, you know, rubbing of his chin as he's saying it. You know, this isn't a Kirk we've really seen up until this point. Yeah, and again, I think that's part of why I, this film, from a story and character point of view, sort of stands out, is that all the way throughout this, he is kind of being unsure of himself. Mm. You know, he's getting he's getting on, and yeah. he's worried about getting up, getting old, and things. And it's really coming out in this in this particular scene. Mm-hmm. He orders yellow alert, and the Reliance sends a message to them that the coil emissions have overridden their communications. If that's the case, how did they send the message yeah. to say that their communications don't work? You've just communicated, haven't you? <laughs> it's a good point it is a good point but Spock scans and he says that their emissions are normal and like I say every time we go into mm. space over this we get this blaring segment of music from James Horner and the ships are now practically alongside each other yeah. and and as I say this is truly something from like the Battle of Trafalgar or something um, the Reliant raises shields and locks phasers, and it's all nice and tense here, you know, and Kirk says to raise shields, but before they can do that, the Reliant opens fire. It is so much like a naval battle, I was almost expecting to see little hatches open on the side of the Reliant and little cannons come out and start yeah. firing, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it is a broadside, isn't it? It, it is a broadside, yeah. It's, it, uh, it's very much those old um, pirate films. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the two ships just going... going I think it's, it's yeah and I think it's nice that they're not the same ship as well uh, Ooh, we'll know, be talking about that in very a minute clearly yeah I, I'm sure we will yeah yeah <laughs> what I what I find interesting though is is the phases that actually fire mm. on the Reliant because I they're not the ones you would have expected no no really? well, again, it, again it's to make a difference as well isn't yes. it yeah 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 and the Enterprise, it gets blasted all along its secondary hull, and uh, there's much chaos yeah. in the engine room going on. You, d- you don't think, the first time you watch this, it's like, wow, <laughs> you know, bang, bang, they're just shooting each other. But the more you watch it, the more you sort of like hear what they say afterwards, you realise actually that's a precision strike. Mm. You know, it wasn't chosen at random. No. You know, they picked the engine, <laughs> the uh, engine room, the engineering deck, sorry. Um yeah, because either Khan or Which, one of his yeah. mates, yeah, Khan or one of his mates, you know, they they know they're going to go up against the Enterprise, so they've been studying the schematics yeah. of the Enterprise. They do know, like Spock's going to say shortly, they do know exactly where to hit them. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Which, again, is nice, but it's a nice, it's a nice lo- uh, layer of detail that you don't often get. I tell you, a layer, a layer of detail we didn't need to see is when Kirk looks at that monitor showing the damage... Um, how Spock yeah. need- needlessly points out to him <laughs> where they've been hit. It's glowing orange-red. And he goes, they knew exactly where to yeah. hit us. Pointing where they are. I mean, I know he's getting on a bit, Kirk, but I think he can see them. Yeah, but hang on. It wasn't, wasn't it? it? He's just slightly off where he's pointing as well. Yeah, it's not quite um, there either, is it? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's like waving your hand in front of the screen. They put us here <laughs> somewhere. I, are, you, are you watching it as we're talking, Mark? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, I just got to skip to that bit. No, he actually did it right. Yeah, no. All right, now wait, spot, spot. wait, wait in a minute. I've got something for you to look for in a minute. Okay. Okay. All right. But Kirk asks yep. for visual again, and that's just as the Reliant fires a photon torpedo. And yep. hang on goes Kirk. Now, that little bit there, right, when the to torpedo yep. hits and everybody, like, veers to one side, have you noticed the guy at the very back of the bridge? He jumps a little bit too late. Do you want oh, to yeah. Do you see him? <laughs> yeah. He, he just jumps through the air for no reason. <laughs> he does. It's like some shit. <laughs> Something's gone on. <laughs> I have to react. I've, I've never seen that for. before, but like I've said before, you know, when you podcast and you, and you study a scene, you know, you see stuff that you've never ever seen before. He jumps just too late, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a very sort of like delayed reaction to when it goes off. Perhaps it takes a little bit of time to get from that side of the screen to him. It's not it's not that big, the bridge, is it? Dear, oh dear. <laughs> yeah, well, Kirk's told the commander of the Reliant is signalling to discuss terms of the Enterprise's surrender. And again, I like how Kirk is looking crestfallen. He's actually lost a fight on his ship. Oh. And, and he's taken his flap down on his shirt, so he he's getting ready to take his shirt off. His flap's open, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, put it on screen, and uh, and William Shanter's playing it nicely as he realises just who he's up against. I like his acting here. He's not the over-the-top Kirk, is he? He is really quite uh, subdued, no. this performance. Yeah. Yeah, and again, that's, I think that's one of the reasons why this stands out mm. as a as a film in general mm. yeah 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 um i think that's about it that's it we're at the end aren't we yes yeah because yes. after that we we have dialogue and kirk starts pleading for his crew and everything so that's the special effects oh, sequence yes. over all right um behind the scenes mark have, have, have you looked into it or do you know anything um, I looked in a little bit. I've probably said everything that I found out. But, All right. Okay. Well, <laughs> but uh, you say you talk about about the, the bridge mm. of the Reliant. Which which end was that? The original series Enterprise that they reused for that? No, it's this because one. It's not exactly because it's not exactly the same front console. Oh, isn't it? Because Nicholas no. Meyer okay. says on the audio commentary, oh, to keep to, to keep the uh, money down, we just changed a few things. Maybe they just changed. Maybe they did change the front console as well. Yeah, because if you look at the blue, the blue one on the Reliance, very sort of straight and right. has, is angular at the ends, whereas the shots of the Enterprise one, it's it's sort of curved at the front. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Oh, they did a bit more than just change <laughs> the uh, the chair colours, like he said. Yeah. Uh, pro pro possibly, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> it might just be the optical illusion from the Could angle be. that, uh, that you, you see it from. Oh, yeah. Well, the special visual but effects... Yes, yeah, no. Sorry, Mark? Sorry, yes. I was uh, <laughs> I was going to say something inside, but then I realised I already said it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I interrupted you. All right. You've had all you're going to get out of me. All right, OK. <laughs> right, well, the special visual effects were done, of course, by Industrial Light and Magic. Um, headed by supervisor Ken Ralston, and he says that they wanted to combine the imagery of the original series with the beauty of the first film, but with more punch and energy. 
So basically, he's describing Star Wars, isn't he? <laughs> you know? Yes. But without saying it, he's saying we wanted to take the original Star Trek and make it look like Star Wars. And I can see yeah. that because they had just come off of working on Star Wars when they got this gig. So, um, yeah, a lot of the techniques they were using, they'd just been using on Empire Strikes Back, etc. Yeah. Yeah, and you can t- you can sort of see that from the sort of the way the ships move, mm. particularly the Reliant. You know, it's it's not sort of straights. So there's more sort of curves. Yeah, yeah. There's no sweet, more you know, shot rounds. Yes, yeah. Very reminiscent of the uh, asteroids. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Now I'm I'm going to test you here to see just how much of a fan you are. Do you know what <laughs> class of God. starship the Reliant is? Ah, uh, now there's a debate. My wife's Another. saying Robin. Um, <laughs> no. Um, on some referencing, it's, it's put down as a Miranda class. Mm-hmm. Um, there, but there is another one which was popularised by the early Fasig games, and um, I can't remember what it, what it was now. Okay. Well, I've got it down that it was Miranda class. Um, but it didn't get that name until it was in uh, Star Trek Next Generation. That's when it was given that designation. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. That's that sounds about right because the um, back in oh god, this is <laughs> it's all in my head. There was there was um, like a star a Starfleet manual that was that was created by someone who's who's quite famous. <laughs> I can't remember his. Can't remember his name. Uh, but he just basically did a lots of different uh, ships that were variant of the, this is original series style. Um, and one of them was very similar to what you see in the Reliant. And it had the under under um, saucer. Are you talking about uh, that 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 book? Cells. Are you talking about that book that was out in like the late seventies? And it was like Starfleet, yes. or and it was all line drawings, wasn't it, of different types of ships yes. that were all kind of like based on the Enterprise? Yeah, I used yeah. to have that book. I completely yeah. forgotten about it. It was yeah. called Ships of the Fleet or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, and it was the first time they had a three nacelle dreadnought, and right. it was the first time the Constitution class was was referred to as a cruiser or a heavy cruiser, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, in most literature, it's it's a Miranda class. Yeah. If someone can remember <clears throat> what the original designation for it, because it was called that, but it was that was only that wasn't canon. That was just right. What right. fans if fans called it. Right. Um, but yes, it was uh, is a Miranda. It is a Miranda. But um, but did you know originally it was meant to be a Constitution class, the same as the Enterprise? Okay. Why? Well, the, the, just, the, save, just save money. Well, no, what it was, that the script, uh, the original script describes the Reliant as an older, somewhat battered starship of the Enterprise class with a slightly different configuration. All right? Okay. Now... They then thought that that was going to be too confusing. In a yeah. dogfight, you had the quote yeah. is: "In the dogfight, you had to instantly recognise which ship you were looking at, so they had to look different. At the same time, you had to make them look like they came from the same culture and had the same technology." And I think it's from that that the that, that the whole idea that every ship in Starfleet is a variation where you do have a saucer and you know the nacelles. It all come from this. Yes. Point here, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think so. And, and that's fine. You know, that gives a consistent sort of Federation look 
look mm. to things. Yeah. Um, some people do do take it too too far sometimes. Yeah. Well, I, I actually, for for me, this this movie, like I said, this motion picture era, that version of the Constitution, this version of of the, the Miranda, even the the uh, uh, Oberth class, the Grissom from from the next one, those are my favourite style of, right. uh, of Star Trek ships. Uh, I don't know why it just is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, but apparently there wasn't much complaint from from the model makers because uh, they hated working on the Enterprise in the motion picture because it was just too cumbersome and any way yeah. of reducing working on it would be preferred so yeah th- th- there was no objection from them no and if you think about it actually this is a much more sensible configuration hmm. you know if you think about from a from, i know it's not supposed to be from a tactical point of view but from a tactical point of view it's very squat it's got a low profile you know, it's uh, it's not like you've you've got the Enterprise with here's our big target, here's another couple of targets on sticks, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and here's here's other targets and here's our weak bits. There's, this is it's very compact. You know, it's it's it looks mean. I mean, that first scene where it where it comes in and it's almost a straight straight on shot. It looks more like you know, um, it's just just looks aggressive. Mm. Do you know it, it? It's an accident how it looks. Did you know that? Well, apparently it was designed by Joe Jennings, who was working with Lee Cole and Mike Miner, okay? And the quote from him is that it was the first time a new starship had been designed since the Klingon battlecruiser. She was supposed to be a coastal and geodetic survey ship. She would be armed, perhaps, but only lightly. She wasn't a lion ship like the Enterprise. Also, remember, the Enterprise was always supposed to be an exploratory vessel where the armament was secondary. That was even more true for the Reliant. She was supposed to just stick around in the known universe and take care of things that everybody knew about, right? That's the first quote, okay? And as I say, they came up with the design of it. And uh, the next quote says, We had long postulated that the circular saucer said, This is Starfleet Navy. And it used engines that looked pretty much like those on the Enterprise. They eliminated the engineering hull and attached the nacelles to an extended saucer section instead. Okay. Right. That's the first bit, right? That's that out the way. Now, originally, those nacelles at the bottom, you know, which make this very uh, distinctive uh, profile, um, they were not meant to be at the bottom. They were meant to be at the top. Okay. And and that's because Harv Bennett, the film's producer, he, he was working abroad before the filming began so they were mailing everything over to him and getting him to approve it and mail it back to us so every time you know he got something sent to if he approved it he signed it on the bottom of the picture okay so they did that (laughs) they did the first sketch of the ship and mailed it off to it off it off to him um when when he got it in the mail he took it out and, and looked at it upside down because he wrote on the wrong bottom bit he, he wrote yes this looks very good but not at the bottom at the top and so he yeah. had approved it looking at it upside down so yeah right. that's why they, they then swapped it fair fair dues and yeah when they why tried not? doing it they thought that yeah actually right. yeah yeah they thought actually it does look better this way and that's when they also decided to um 
put that uh, what they dubbed a roll bar to support the yes. the, the drop nacelles, and that's where the phaser banks were put in that structure. Okay. Yes, the the uh, mega phasers. The mega phasers. Yes, yes. yes. Um, <laughs> For some reason. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it's, it says here that uh, the ILM crew um, were Bill George, Sean Casey, Larry Tan, Jeff Mann, Steve Sanders, Brian Chin, Bob Dippenbrock, Mike Fulmer and Martin Brennis. Um, and Ken Ralston remembers it like this. The Reliant had to be built from scratch. Once a design was settled on, the model shop geared up and constructed it in record time. It's a gorgeous model, perfectly constructed for shooting. It's light, vacuum-formed sections over a very light aluminium interior frame, highly detailed, non-reflective, which is easy to shoot using the blue screen matting process, and can be easily mounted from all sides for any possible setup. Mm -hmm. So they much, much preferred working on this one to the Enterprise, and they also made sure that all the internal lighting was much simpler on that than the Enterprise one, because they had had so much trouble on the uh, motion picture Enterprise. Yeah, and and as you can see that in the shots, mm. you know, because the Enterprise is very sort of slow and yeah. it ponders, it glides along, whereas this one, like as we mentioned earlier, swoops. It's zipping <laughs> around, pull, isn't it? Pull, yeah, pulls tight, tight. You know, does a bit of drifting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they 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 built it all in four months. Um, they they had four months to build not only the Reliant but also the close up sections i mean they did a close-up section of the side of the enterprise for this scene where it gets um uh the secondary hole gets you know uh attacked um and also you know at the end of the film where the that 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 roll bar thing gets uh blown up on the reliant doesn't it yeah. so yeah, that, yeah. That, that, they were larger scale models for that okay um and because it was such a high quality and large model it, it was used many times in episodes of Star Trek Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, but uh, uh, <clears throat> sometimes when it was shown, um, this Miranda-class starship didn't have the roll bar because the effects crew was unable yep. to make its internal lighting work on time. So that's the reason it's not It's not that it's a derivative you know, uh, model of a Miranda. It's just they couldn't get yeah. it to work, so they just took it off. Yeah, there, there's... They, they class them nowadays in some literature as as, as um, variants. So you've got the Soyuz class, which is which is a variant of the Miranda. Um, you've got the Saratoga from the from the first episode of Deep Space Nine, which was the ship Cisco was on. Right. That's a Miranda variant. Right. It's just again, like you say, it's not got the roll bar, but it's they've added bits to the side to make it look even a little bit more right. different. I don't know if it's the same filming miniature. You know, it might not be. Um, oh no but... I think it was I think it was um, this this bit I've got here I don't know what they're talking about you'll know what I'm talking uh, I'm talking about I don't understand it it says <laughs> a more extensive modification was prepared for the next generation episode cause and effect the model was redressed to represent the USS yep. Bozeman of the Soyuz starship class That's right okay and, yes. and it's and it's yeah it says yeah. the modifications were designed by Greg Jine and Mike Okuda, but not permanently affixed to the model, allowing it to reappear as the USS Saratoga in Deep Space Nine's pilot emissary. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's that's what I've just. 
yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. Um, the Bose, Bozeman was captained by um, Kelsey Grammer, I believe. So you know your stuff, don't you? You know your <laughs> I stuff. Know, nothing very relevant. To yeah. <laughs> little, little bits. Uh, Hopefully the they're right. Yeah. The, <laughs> uh, we'll find out Who on knows? Facebook, won't we? Um, and then the final yeah. bit, because, you know, I mean, the, the time scale we're at, it's inevitable. Uh, the last bit I've got is that other Miranda-class ships that appeared in later Deep Space Nine and Star Trek Voyager episodes, they were CGI models rather than this original yeah. Reliance. Um, so, yeah. Well, yeah, and they were inevitable. That's right. Yeah. They, and, again, to be honest, they were all part of uh, big fleet shots anyway. Yeah, but it's still so nice that they're using really that design, something that was built back in '81. You know, they were still using in the computer yeah. age. And what they did do for those ones as well, I don't know which point they did it. They added the um, in in a the in a blue glow to the nose cells. Oh right, right. To 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 show to show them some sort of upgrades, you know, to current propulsion gotcha. uh, systems of the time. Whereas obviously now at this stage, and I think the Bozeman. I'm not sure about the Saratoga. Um, were had the, the sort of like the nice sort of black semi-reflective mm. ones that didn't glow. Okay. All right. All right. Are you you know the drill next then, uh, Mark? Yeah. For, for this sequence, how do you rate <clears throat> it? I, I'm going to give this a solid nine. <laughs> so I think it's. it's just <laughs> if we're doing it out of 10 we are doing it out of 10 yeah it we? is out of 10 yeah that's all right then <laughs> we're doing it out of 100 and that would be a bit rubbish um yeah i mean it's just a really nice scene it kicks off that whole antagonist uh, feel that goes throughout the entire film it shows that the enterprise can get its um, backside kicked <laughs> but it also just just the way it's shot, the, the the fact that you've got this small and more nimble ship against, up against uh, the, the sort of larger Enterprise. And just the quality, like you say, the quality of the, that miniature and the miniatures in general are just brilliant. Mm. No, no, no. No, no. It, it is very, very well done. I'm, I'm nowhere near as generous as you, though. Um, <laughs> Fair dues. But you're the fan, you know. And, yeah, I am I am a fan, but not that much of a fan. Um, I only gave it a seven and a half, all right, which gives an average of 8.25. Fair, fair dues. Um, this was, what, 1982? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was 12. Yeah. So I was <laughs> the right age for it. Yeah. Still. Well, this is a, a... mentally, I'm I'm still that age. Well, aren't we all? Aren't we all? Um, yeah. No. Eight point two five. It's going to be interesting. You know, on Facebook, I always put yeah. this on the on the chart. Um, we we've in, encountered Star Trek twice, I think, before on this show. Uh, one was the opening right. of Star Trek Three, uh, the Klingon Bird of Prey reveal. Did that with Alan, and. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, with uh, Matt, um, the Doomsday Machine from the original series. But I can't okay. remember what the the tallies were on both of those. So it's going to be interesting to see where this effect sequence sits alongside those two. So, yeah, I look forward to putting this on Facebook. Fair dues. All right, fair dues indeed. All right, well, I think that's us done uh, for tonight there. Mark, it's getting a bit late now. So thanks for cool. your time. 
No worries. I was talking nice. to you before we recorded this that, um, you know, I've been having a few technical difficulties just lately. Um, I'm hoping it's come out all right. You, you, you've, you dropped out a few times, but uh, um, I could understand yeah, what you that's, were saying. That's not your technology. That's not your technology. That's just me. <laughs> okay. I tend to do that naturally anyway. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I'm off to Amazon now to order a Blu-ray, okay? And you've got to go and crack out, out your I'm, aliens. Okay. All right, yeah, no, do, yep, do, yep, do, I'm, do I'm. it. Let, w- watch that bit where the Reliant comes up that first time. Make a yep. note of it and then watch that bit and see how close they are, okay? Hmm, I am going to now. All right, okay. All right then, Mark. Thank thank you and thanks anybody out there listening. No worries. And, uh, thank yeah, you very much. Go on over to Facebook um, and we'll be putting up a load of photos and stuff. All right, so uh, cheers, Mark. Thanks very much. <laughs> you can beam up now, okay? <laughs> All right. I, I was going to say to live long and prosper, but that's a bit... No, 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 no that was rubbish. So All right. Edit that out. <laughs> Come on, let's, let's finish this. <laughs> Goodbye, Mark. Revenge, revenge, is a, revenge is a dish best served with... Coleslaw, lattes. isn't it? <laughs> best served with coleslaw. <laughs> PG tips. <laughs> Cheers, Mark. All right. See See you later. later. Bye-bye.